This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in, and the draft is done. Thank heaven. The slow draft is complete. Now, it could have been slower, let me tell you. Yeah, let's just let's just start off with a little bit of league drama, a little bit of uh, a power struggle, a little bit of, I would call it a successful uprising against a dictator. Do we want to go into all that? Yeah, I mean, it's always good to talk about the the successes that the league has over the uh, all-knowing do-nothing commish. Do-nothing commish! Yeah, so for those who don't know, because <laughs> there's a lot of you out there, for those who don't know, our do-nothing commish. <laughs> for <tried> everyone to... <laughs> listening that doesn't know what happened in our very specific league. <laughs> our, our commissioner, Brandon, tried to change the pick timer of the slow draft in the middle of the draft just to target scum because I had five no, I'm sorry. I had six picks in a row, I think, in the 10th. was going to use up my eight-hour clock to watch the news every day, look out for you know, someone really making, making some noise in camp, looking for someone who was injured yes. so I could get their, their backup. Injuries. You know, you never know what's the, gonna happen. like a Kareem Hunt type news, like someone that starts to hold out and maybe they get traded. You know, you want to – I want to use that to my advantage in the 10th round where – I'm not making any good picks anyway, so I might as well try and make them worth it. But Brandon was not happy about it. I, along with Jesse, we decided to to fight against it, to unite. He changed the picks back to eight hours. We won. We defeated the big bad. And then we just made our picks anyway. Yeah. I don't uh, – What? why – yeah, why can't you take eight hours but everyone else – can take a bunch of time and eight hours when they're what's the difference there the difference is i'm scum i got got too much history got too much weighing me down you're just expecting brendan honestly i probably still took less time cumulatively than most people in the league and i used up like a full day was worth at least looking at you ben anyway all water under the bridge we have fairness restored and the draft is done Wrapped it up yesterday. So, folks, we're here to recap that draft for you, to let you know some of the highs, some of the lows, and everything in between. But before we get into all that, Sneak, we got to do a nonsense minute. So, we're talking draft. My question to you this week is about draft beer. Give me, give me a name or a couple if you want. But what's your favorite kind of smaller brewery? Brewery, brewery. So, you know, I know we're big fans of Bud Light on the Scum and Sneak Show, but let's let's not do the the Anheuser Busch. Let's not do the Coors Light. Let's not do the big guys. Give me some smaller names, like a maybe a Stone or Mother Earth or Ballast Point. You know, something like that. Uh, I'd probably go with maybe Kettle House Brewing out here in Montana. Ooh, local. Dig it. Yeah, there's a ton of breweries out here. I don't go to breweries, and I don't really like craft beer, but if I were to pick one, that's a pretty popular one. Oh, there's one here in town, Kukanusa Brewery here in Eureka. Bring in the big kooks? Big kooks. We actually went there once. It was super fun. So, yeah, those would be my two. We got a local, and then we got a bigger Montana-based one. I dig that. The one that I like just because I like what they like what they brew and what they sell in stores. And then I've been there once out in California and I just had a fun time there. But I'm gonna go with the Golden Road, Golden Road Brewery. You know them from Melon Card and Mango Card and all those fruity ones. Those are that's your that is your favorite drink. It's just I don't even know, like I'm gonna walk it back a little bit. Now I don't know if I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's just so nice when it's so hot here in Las Vegas, nice and refreshing beer, and it feels lighter even though I don't think it actually is, but just because it's got that fruit flavor, I'm like, oh, no calories, 
It's like when you eat healthy, when you eat fruit, right? Like you could eat all you want and you won't get fat. Is that true? Just eating a bunch of fruit because you're like telling yourself you're healthy, but then you just isn't like there's a lot of sugar in fruit. And so people act like you're not healthy by eating fruit all the time. It's fruit sugar, though, not sugar sugar. It's different. Fruit science. Sugar. Fructose instead of sucralose. There you go. Got him. Anyway, I do have one other brewery I want to talk about, and it is The Tank, located in Florida. You want to hear a little fact about The Tank? I do. Besides having over, you know, 20 beers that they brew, they also have a special event room called The Barrel Room that has a 55-inch television, small. But also it has a speaker system so you can hook up your own DJ booth or karaoke machine and holds up to 80 guests. That's uh, the tank fact. That is a great tank fact. What about think tanks? Is that a thing? Yeah. The, did you know that uh, there's, there's a thing called think tanks and they think about they get together in like uh, a place and they think about stuff and then they talk about it and then they decide on what whatever they they think about about implementing it into other tank activities. There I go again. Think yeah, tank. Right. Think tank. Just like this. This is a think tank. Yeah, we're like a think tank we sit here we think about stuff we talk about it and then we turn it into tanks right think tank fact. <laughs> oh my gosh it's all right folks we're in the dredges of football season so a little blurry eyed from reading all these reports looking at all this news especially after the draft so we're going to get into that review we're going to give you the league breakdown that you so desperately desire but first, we've got a pretty important ad from a concerned citizen. I used to be a believer in Brandon. I voted for him in the 2020 and 2021 commissioner elections. When there was disputes and coups trying to be led, I supported him. But now, I regret it. Inflation in this league has gone out of control. You can't get first-round picks for anything less than three quality starters. Brandon did that. You can't get any kind of fairness in, in league rules or roster positions or anything. It's always up in the air. And the people are suffering, not knowing what's going on. Brandon did that. Like I said, I supported him for all these years, but now I think we need some new blood. That's why I support Jimbo for commissioner in 2023. Don't let Brandon do this again. Paid for by supporters for Jimbo for commissioner. We're back. We're ready for the 2022 draft awards. And you guys are, are in for a treat here because we're going through, let me count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine categories, nine awards to give out based on the draft. And what else is there to say, Sneak? This is exciting. This is a fun review to do. And maybe some people will come out looking good. Others, maybe not so much. Yeah, very important to go through the draft, uh, where everybody ended up, what picks were made, uh, and talk about those rewards and lack of rewards, if you will, on some of these categories. Uh, you know, we look up to the draft every year. It's all rookies, basically, and people filling out their teams, uh, tankers from last year making all their picks. Uh, the people from this year that don't have any picks of watching all the players go by and not getting a chance to jump in. Only, I mean, we saw some trades uh, go on this year, but really, 
Not that I felt like a consequence with any moves were made to change anybody's trajectory. So we'll just go through and we'll, uh, we have what, three nominees for each category. Uh, that is and, correct. Uh, yep. Get those rewards or those, uh, the winners out there and or upset with where they land. But that's the whole point of our existence here on this pod. Dang straight. Like you said, there's three nominees for each category. We'll lay them out for you guys. We'll go over the reasoning a little bit for each of those. And then we will decide on the winner here, live on air. Doesn't get better than that. Nope. Live reactions uh, and winners uh, announced. So let's start off with... Let's start off with the best value pick. So this category is, I think maybe we could, there's some variation here of what value is, but you know, a player that maybe fell a little too far or someone that, you know, could really pop and exceed where they were drafted in our recent slow draft. So the nominees are Schneek's 108 pick, George Pickens, New member to the league, Jason's 412 pick and Trey McBride. And oh, what what is this? I'm reading Scums 709 pick, Kyle Phillips. Those are some good nominees. Like I kind of mentioned already, it's these are picks that are guys that maybe should have gone a little sooner. So let's start off with your your 108 pick, Snake and George Pickens. Listler, seeing all the camp reports now that he's killing it, he's like leading the leading camp in receptions and and targets. Part of that is probably because Deontay Johnson and Claypool, Chase Claypool, have kind of been in and out, but there's raving reports about him, George Pickens, that is. And I've seen that people are projecting him to already beat out chase claypool for the number two receiver spot so i mean that might not be right away week one you know we probably see mike tomlin kind of stick with the veteran at least a little bit but we know that chase claypool also has just done some boneheaded stuff in recent memory so short leash on him probably and then i think pickens is just storming storming through so at 108 after guys like jameson williams who's definitely going to miss time over a guy like Kenneth Walker, who was the second best running back in the class, but also is at least in for a timeshare to start the season. Um, and then, you know, depends on what you think of Olave or Burks. You know, I think there's people who might say Pickens should have gone before them. So that looks like a good value pick there for one of our nominees. Yeah, I would agree. Not necessarily that he should he fell or anything, but just basically what you said about the camp reports and the highlights that you're seeing. Uh, I just think I'm happy with taking him there. Uh, and he could maybe potentially become one of those top picks of the draft that, uh, maybe in the beginning wasn't considered, you know, one of the top, what, five or so receivers possibly. So I like that value there. And then for my talking about Trey McBride and Kyle Phillips. Well, I don't know who Kyle Phillips is. So you're going to have to talk about that one. But I like the nominee for Trey McBride. Show our new member some love. Uh, tight ends can take years to develop. So we'll see if he's uh, one of those guys that can develop and maybe turn into a top target. For, he's in Arizona, right? Yep. And I think at 412, at you know the very last pick of the fourth round, after tight ends like David Njoku and Hayden Hurst had been picked. Yeah, maybe those guys have better seasons this year. I, I don't even really believe that for Njoku, but Jason getting the number one tight end prospect, uh, first drafted tight end this year, that late at 412. I mean, I just think that's great value. Um, for again, someone who's tied to a pretty good offense, regardless of what you think about, like, Kyler individually, like I mean, they they do put up fantasy numbers. And who is behind Zach Ertz, who is older, has not always been the picture of health. Like Trey McBride, I think again should have gone 
way sooner than 412. So great value there. And let me talk to you about Kyle Phillips here. Uh, it was 709. So he should have gone before that. <laughs> That's my big pitch here. He's uh, he's on the Titans. He's running with the ones sometimes. Like he's kind of got the inside track for that slot receiver job. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's the only one that really profiles for that. You know, like they have Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook, Akine, like guys like that who historically and just they fit a little more on the outside. I think Robert Woods is someone that can move between those spots, but they want him on the outside. So there's, there's room for Kyle Phillips, who was a later NFL draft pick, but played at UCLA. So, I mean, it's not like he's a, a small school random guy necessarily. And yeah, I just wanted to be nominated for something. How's that? <laughs> I say our winner is new guy, Jason with Trey McBride at four twelve. That's exactly what I was thinking. Welcome to the league. You got the best value award in the draft. Let's move on to our next category. Let's talk about the safest pick in the league. So, again, a lot of different ways to look at it. I thought about it as, like, someone who... For where you drafted them, they were going to maybe not at least match what your draft capital was, but they're not going to bust and like be out of the league and be off your team in a couple of years. You know, we've seen that with high draft picks, even like, you know, first, like even second rounders, like you put a lot of faith into a guy like Jalen Rager, right? First round pick, mm-hmm. uh, what, just two years ago? and steps into uh you know what seems to be a good position or at least a a place where he doesn't have a lot of target competition and becomes nothing really you know he's someone that you stash because when you put a first round pick into him and the the athletic profile is there the talent is supposedly there but that that's nothing right that he he busted for me the safest pick is someone who definitely will not bust for you you had a different interpretation so do you want to talk about that yeah, so my nominee uh, for the safest pick went to Brian Edwards for Brandon at, in the third round. We all know Brendan's love and affinity for Brian Edwards, and this just felt like a really safe security blanket pick for Brendan. He's always just got to have him on his team to make him feel good. He went and got that safe pick, so that's the reason why I nominated Brian Edwards for Brendan. This pick makes you feel just safe and secure in your home. And Brian Edwards is always in Brendan's home. Yeah. Brian Edwards and Brandon are the new Doug and JJ Arcega Whiteside. So good for them. Just meant to be. They also earned a nomination for safest pick. Brandon also got a nomination for Brees Hall at the 101 as your safest pick. And then Schneek again nominated with Drake London at 103. So I think both of those picks just, they are high-level prospects. They are on teams where they don't have a lot of competition per se. For Drake London, obviously obviously you would say he's competing with Kyle Pitts. But after that, it's nobody. So, you know, I think the, the, the second option behind Kyle Pitts, there's plenty of room to... Uh, at least got a lot of targets and produce. And then if anything were to happen, you kind of step into an easy target. Like, like you can hoard a lot of the <laughs> offensive boy, like game planning and stuff. If you are the best option without Kyle Pitts. So that's kind of built in there for Drake London. And then Brees Hall, we've talked about like plenty of times on here. Um, probably the workhorse workhorse for the jets. And I mean, if anything in this league, because we get points per carry and, probably some other stuff that snuck in, like he's going to be just fine based on the workload. So those are our three nominees for safest pick. Who's our winner, Sneak? Have you seen any report from the Jets on Brees Hall? 
No, all I hear about them is uh, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. But I think that's just because we're still like a lot of a lot of recent stuff was non-contact, and now we're just starting to put pads on. And you know, they don't really you're not doing a lot in the run game uh, with no pads. So I think now that we kind of ramp up, get into actual like preseason games where they actually might play people, I think we'll hear more about Brees Hall then. You know, where he can actually like show what he can do. Or, like we kind of teased in a couple episodes uh, previously, he might not so be my, my pick for the safest pick is Brian Edwards from Brendan. Brian Edwards with the upset as the safety blanket, not for Marcus Mariota, but for Brandon, making him feel cozy and warm and Not safe. for any other reason that Brandon just – has got to have him on his team uh, so he can sleep better at night and he'll feel safe in the arms of Brian Edwards <laughs> for the rest of the time he's in the league. Congratulations, Brandon and Brian. Congratulations, Brandon and Brian. Let's move on to the next category, which is going to be the riskiest pick. So the opposite Uh-oh. here, a little risky business. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a draft pick where you could have that bus scenario. You could have that Jalen Rager that we just talked about, right? You could have someone that disappears essentially. And obviously with a lot of the later picks, you can have that, right? But it doesn't matter because the investment was less. So we did stick to some higher drafted players here, but the nominees for riskiest pick are Rashad White to Tyler, 204, Romeo Dubes, to Doug at the 211, and then Brees Hall again to Brandon at 101. Both a safe nominee and a risky nominee. You never and, know what you're going to get with that number one overall pick, especially if it's not just a clear-cut, absolute stud in my opinion. And what, we've, what we haven't focused too much on in the pod, but we can go into now is there's – there's not just the normal risk of like any NFL player uh, injury, whatever, or the, like the jets volatility. No, there's a karmic risk here for Brandon because of how he got the one one pick. Why don't you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. Not only did Brandon, what I said about the number one overall pick being risky because you need to make sure this pick absolutely hits, but he got it in nefarious cheating ways. So how can you put any sort of credibility on that pick? It's good. The karma is going to come back to bite him. And the number one overall pick, Brees Hall, will be a complete and utter risky pick. I should have had the number one pick that he obtained it through cheating ways. So there, it's out there. It's in the universe. I, mean, I don't think we even need to go through everything else because I think that's our winner. Because of that, but we'll go the into dudes. Pick winner is Brendan again with Brees Hall, and let that be a stain upon your house. <laughs> Brandon with back-to-back category wins, but really quick. Uh, this is a very, very Brendan-centered episode. I feel like every year we, for some reason, have one of these where we just constantly talk about it, but I just. Don't know why. Oh, for some reason. Do nothing. I wonder, mesh. but no, I do want to talk about really quick just our other nominees there, Romeo Dubes for Doug. Getting raving reviews out of Packers camp, like way more than their higher drafted receiver, Christian Watson. Uh, I think Watson's hurt, so that's part of it. But I uh, just the the Packers stuff is always scary because there's always these guys, right? Like I think Jake Kumaro is the biggest example. Like Rogers loved him. He was showing out in camp and everyone was like, oh, he's, you know, he's going to be a thing. And then he never was. Same thing probably yeah. with like your Alan Lazards and Marquez Valdez-Cantlings in, in more recent times. So just a little dubious about dubes, mm. even though he could just be fine, but. At 211, Doug kind of kind of reached for him a little bit, I would say. Um, maybe some other guys that at least had better pedigrees, but 
again, just because it's risky doesn't mean we think it's bad. It's just there's he might he might end up passing Christian Watson. He might be the surprise number one, or he could just be again Jake Kumro depth piece, maybe a big play here or there, right? And then yeah, for Rashad White for Tyler. I'll go ahead. Tyler Rashad White. Yeah. I mean, he's got to have PTSD from the exactly. <laughs> he went right back to the well. Went back to another Tampa Bay running back. And if this one doesn't hit, we're going to be on T watch. I think that one's not only you know everything you just said, but a rookie trying to earn Brady's trust. That's like a tough, a tough thing too. Like you never know, you know, one one little mistake in in pass pro or like a drop or a fumble and Brady's like, no, he's done. So just a lot of risk there, but again, high reward too, just like with dudes, he could, you know, become a, a PPR stalwart, um, getting the third down roll for the bucks. It's just high risk, high reward at that two Oh four, but neither of those as risky again, as Brees hall for Brendan at the one one with the weight of the curse of sneak out there. Yeah, that will that will make any anyone run for the hills when you take away the number one overall pick from the man who deserved it, and that pick will forever be a blight upon your face. A pox, we say. Yeah. Let's go on to the next category, which I don't even know if it's good or bad or anything, but we're gonna go with our favorite old guy pick. So. Obviously, the way our draft skews being dynasty and having a lot of keepers is typically heavily focused on rookies or at least younger players, right? That's a lot of focus, but not for these three individuals. We've got Cameron Brait, Doug's 505 pick, a 31-year-old tight end for the Bucks. Kyle Rudolph, Jesse's 809 pick, a 32-year-old tight end for the Bucks. And then Vellis Jones for Ben, who is not yet 30, but is the oldest rookie in history known to man. My favorite fact about him is he was on the USC team with Juju Smith-Schuster and Ronald Jones, who have been in the league for, what did you say, Shneek, 10 years? Yep, exactly 10 years. Exactly 10 years. And I don't know. I mean... What do, are we saying the old pick is the best old guy or the why did you pick this guy old guy? It could go either way. Well, the only reason why Jesse Hesse we all know Chubb made his pick is because Kyle Rudolph signed with the Bucks, mm-hmm. and that whole jet that Jesse's whole entire personality this whole team. Fine, but I didn't even realize it drafted him in the eighth, so. And then, yeah, Vilas Jones, I think he's going to turn 30 uh, around Christmas time. So, he's, you know, these are all 30-year-old or higher draft picks. Who drafted Vilas? Ben. Smith Ben, ben 08. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't listen to the pods. He, doesn't, he didn't know that he was no old. clue. <laughs> but. Wait. Oh, Cameron Braithman. We got to We got to He's on the Bucks too, right? Yep. We got two 30-year-old-plus Bucks tight ends chosen in this draft. And Gronk got picked. But... He's going to probably sign about week 10. So, anyway, I think the winner of the oldest old guy pick has to go with Hesse with Kyle Rudolph. Hesse, congratulations. You've got to win for following your heart and picking Kyle Rudolph. Next category, let's go to the biggest reach. So, you know, again, necessarily isn't a bad thing, but you went up, got your guy probably sooner than they would have gone. And we've got a couple of high draft picks here and then another one that was just didn't probably need to go at that spot. So our nominees for biggest reach are Wade picking Sky Moore at 110, Eric picking Isaiah Spiller at 111, and then Gooch picking Kenny Pickett at 302. Yeah, I really like all of these nominees. 
I talked about Sky Moore, Wade at 1.10, biggest reach. I think just personally, not even personally, mentally, if you're drafting a wide receiver that's number 24 and you are you are putting out freaking uh, stretch Armstrong reach on that one and hope that he's going to be good. I don't know how you can sit there and watch, going to be able to watch the Chiefs and watch Sky Moore at number 24 lining up outside. I'm thinking he's at all going to be any any good. You probably could have drafted him in the second or third by his number of jersey alone. Honestly, you see that and you're like, is he a corner? Is he just lined up on the wrong and side of the line of scrimmage? I saw that he was number 24 in college, so I guess he's just keeping his number. But why would you be number 24 and play a receiver? I just that's that just doesn't sit well with me. So so Wade is definitely reaching and hoping for good stuff there, but I just feel like you're you're asking for trouble when you're drafting a receiver on that that number jersey. You're absolutely right. Except he has been taking a lot of snaps out of the backfield lately, so he might actually just convert to running back, and then it's okay. Then you're all right. If he converts to running back, then great. Perfect. The other nominees, uh, Isaiah Spiller. I mean, this wasn't too much of a reach, but just at 111, like, I don't think anyone else would have taken Isaiah Spiller at that 11, so he could have tried for something else there, maybe a little more impact. Got Spiller later, but then I think Eric did end up trading out of his early second anyway. So it was probably all part of Ernie's plan. He is the king of the mountain right now. He's on top and light years ahead of us. So probably a dumb nomination because he's foreseeing the future as he always does. But have to nominate him. And then Kenny Pickett for Gooch is just like this league hates quarterbacks. No one like no one ever picks a quarterback. So 302, kind of early. I know Kenny Pickett was a first round pick, but he's listed at, at like third on the depth chart now and things aren't sounding good for him. So probably could have waited. It might've been a little bit of a reach, but I think, I think we know who our winner is. Yeah. What? I believe so. Sky Moore, number 24. You can't pick a receiver with that number that high rate. It's just, just doesn't work. I mean, the math just doesn't work out there, Wade. You can't pick uh, a play a wide receiver jersey number twenty four at one point ten when you when you put that into the the generator of uh, economical equations. It just comes out and it just turns into a big fiasco. So you reach there, Wade, and it's going to turn out poorly for you, according to you know the into the the mechanical. Uh, website creation of ratios and odds. Yeah, here. I'll plug it in again right now just to make sure. Yeah, came out. It's not going to work, Wade. It's not going to work. Big reach. <laughs> but you know what Sky Moore is also nominated for? And I think this is fitting. Is best name. Mm-hmm, Worst mm-hmm. number, but best name. So Sky with two Ys, by the way, Sky Moore for a wide receiver, like that just works. It does work. And it's, yeah, you almost want to, when you say you don't want, you want to, instead of saying Sky Moore, it's Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Sky But Sky Y. Sky, you are nominated for best name. You're also nominated along. Charleston Rambo. He's picking 801. Speedster out of Miami. And then Schneek with another nomination, 906. His pick, Khalil Pimpleton. Pimpleton. I mean, you he's got to be in the running for the best name. He's he's probably it's almost like he came from that football sketch that those teams. <laughs> That's exactly what he came from. <laughs> But these are. This is probably my best cat. This is probably my favorite category. Best name. Uh, this is gonna be. I. I think it's it. It Sky Moore. Sky Y Moore. Great name. But I think it comes down to Charleston Rambo and Khalil Pimpleton. Absolutely, all three great candidates. I think the winner goes to just the the stronger name, the the killer name. So T, you got to win with Charleston. Rambo. Charleston Rambo. 
And if he like ends up being really good, I mean, how cool is that going to be for Tyler to pick him in the eighth? Yeah. So now we get to some of the prestige categories here. Our last three are going to be worst pick, best pick, and best overall draft. So you want to go with uh, some good news or bad news first, Sneak? Let's just go bad news and finish with two good news. I like it. All right. So worst pick. This is an award you do not want to win. You don't even want to be nominated. You don't even want to think be nominated. about it. Mm-mm. But these three managers are here. So shame, shame, shame. First nominee. At 112, Ernie picked Jahan Dotson, cousin of Josh Dotson. At 202, Jimbo picked Tyler Algier. Yikes. We're going to get into. And then at the 309, Brandon picked the first defense and was the Bills defense. Good. They're not even good. They're not even a good defense. So let's start there. First of all, in my opinion, if you pick the first defense in a slow rookie draft, where's your nominee regardless? Like, why? Why? Regardless, you're in there. You're you're in the running for the worst pick. You don't even just you don't even need to be drafting defenses. Don't even need to. You're gonna stream them. I mean, maybe you can try and hit on like every. There's like a number one defense that's like. Like the Rams, who have been my keeper for like three years. (laughs) Tell them, them, Sneak, but sometimes you can luck in on like, uh, you know, that Broncos defense the year they won the Super Bowl or uh, Jaguars defense when they were making AFC championship games. Like sometimes those can be different difference makers. The Bills defense isn't like bad. They have a good secondary, you know, Tredavious White, Ica Hyde. But just think about the fact that like the Bills are going to be scoring on everybody putting the other team's offenses on the field a bunch of times and your defense is just going to like, eventually they will give up uh, garbage time touchdowns. They're going to give up a lot of points. Like it's not, like you said, it's not a good fantasy defense. So dumb pick Brandon, one of the worst. Yeah. Boy, Brandon involved in every one of these nominees. Oh, just the bad ones. Just the bad ones. Yeah. That sounds about right. Let's talk Jimbo, Tyler Algier, 202. Again, pretty high. Could have probably been a nominee in the reach category. He did trade up for this pick, too. He traded up for it. Good point. I I understand why you would want to trade for the situation. So this is a rookie running back for the Falcons. Not much ahead of him in, as far as, like, fresh legs and uh, healthy bodies. It's Cordero Patterson and Damian Williams, so guys that, have been hurt a lot who aren't again just like stalwarts of the position historically so okay i understand that but i also i also see why people are hyping algier because i think he like led uh college football in like rushing touchdowns or something last year something along those lines where statistically he had a good year but he played at byu so what kind of competition is he really playing uh, especially at running back like if you if you're a running back playing against like UNLV's linebacking core, uh, good, like you didn't do much. You ran against a practice squad. Right. And the reason I hate him is because he's an ex linebacker himself. He's not even like a traditional running back. He's just a guy they were like, you're kind of athletic. Do you want to play running back? And then he did okay. But he's a former linebacker. How dumb is that? That's almost worse imagine? than Sky Moore having a cornerback's number. I can't even imagine drafting a running back that is a converted linebacker. Like Jim, do your research, Jimbo. Come on, Jimbo. Now, like I said, he could have been, or he could end up being the last man standing for the Falcons backfield um, and thus get work and be, be pretty good, but just sounds dumb to me. It does sound dumb. I agree. Now tell me why. Josh Doxson's cousin was a bad pick. I don't know why anybody in their right mind would trust a receiver with the relation to Josh Doxson, <laughs> drafted by the Washington Redskins or what are the commanders at 1.12. It's a, it's a horrible pick. He's bound for mediocrity, if not just irrelevance. His cousin didn't do anything good. And I drafted him. So 
I drafted Doxon. I promptly traded him. For Zeke. For Maybe Zeke. that's what Eric's so, trying to do. Maybe unless Ernie can pull one of those yeah. tricks out of his hat, he's a nominee for worst pick. I don't know why you would risk that. I will give, I mean, at 112, after the run of receivers that we saw, Jahan Dotson, not Josh, Jahan was the last, like, first round NFL draft receiver left. So, sure, take a shot there. But I think the worst part about his situation is just the, the news coming out of camp about Carson Wentz, who's just missing everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's high, everything's long. So, um, couple that with um, just the fact that even though you and I are not the biggest Terry McLaurin fans, he's still going to be competing with a Terry McLaurin and um, they've got a strong run game and Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. There's just, I don't know. I don't think there's a lot to go around. So I get why this might, might not be the best pick, but I also understand Eric just chasing those Penn state guys. Cause he and I both love them. So who's the winner here for worst pick? The winner for worst pick goes to Jahan Dotson, Ernie at 1.12. Oh, just a, just a blow to an otherwise stellar offseason by Eric. Yeah, well, we got to knock him down a peg or two every now and then. He can't just be allotted as the, the greatest trader and, and all winner and blah, 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 blah. We can't be doing that. Constantly, it was a, it was a, it was a tough one. This was probably the tightest of the the uh, categories so far. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, but it goes to earn. You know, he's got to he's got to have a little bit of you know reality, and that this is he was just maybe he's lost a touch his touch a little bit. I don't know. Putting it out there. I like that what you said though about taking him down a peg because Jimbo's little computer thing had him like. What twice as good as everyone else, at least in the league. So, gotta. I don't. I personally don't understand what Jimbo's thing is, and it's it's. I don't Here, know what let, that little deal is, but let's put it. Let's put Eric in our our system again. Yeah, put him in our system. Oh <laughs> uh, no! It says he is really good and better than everyone else. Oh, dang it! Oh, well, he's at least not nominated for our next category: best pick. So we've got we got kind of a stranglehold here on on the nominations here. Um, Tyler Big T was nominated twice for his pick of James Cook at 109 and Damian Pierce 201, and then Jimbo got a nomination for Garrett Wilson at 102. Mm-hmm. I think we can lump together Tyler's picks. I mean, he got strong running backs with uh, his first two picks. Damian Pierce really sounds like he's going to be the starter for the Houston Texans. You know, again, maybe a situation where they trot out the vets first, but uh, out of camp, he's the most explosive. He's got the best feet. He is obviously the youngest. So I think they're going to give him the work. And then, you know, kind of the same thing for James Cook. Great reports out of camp as a runner and a receiver. They clearly drafted him to be like their receiving back. So he was at least going to have that, but. Sounds like he's going to eat into a lot of the Devin Singletary and even Zach Moss workload. Probably still split, but that offense is most likely going to be good enough to, you know, at least have him be a pretty good flex option. So T and those two picks really beefs up his running back position, uh, which we like for him because it also fit a need. And I think that's what also makes it a best pick. It's not just like the best player, but what do you need um, out of that pick? And then for Jim, uh, obviously the second pick overall should be pretty good, but Garrett Wilson was my number one receiver coming out. Um, I know you really got sold on him and it's a fit for Jim, not only because of the age, the position, but now he can stack with Zach Wilson. So we talked about stacks last week, right? And just becomes a, no, not last week. We talked about stacks at some point in our lives. We did talk about stacks at some point. And we like that. So what do you have to say about those three, Dad? I kinda, yeah, initially, I mean, I'm just, I'm really happy for Big T to be able to get at least one starting running back, potentially a half of a starting running back, maybe a next year's starting running back type player. I'm happy to see him 
filling out that roster nicely. So initially, I would want to say that T had the both best picks, almost lumped them together. But like you said, I'm a huge Garrett Wilson guy. I think he's just athleticism out the out the gym, just gonna be really, really good. And regardless if the Jets are bad, I think he, him, and Wilson and Zach Wilson are gonna create a pretty nice rapport there. So fantasy wise, best you know, best pick nominee here at Garrett Wilson is just a slam dunk. Sky's the limit. And I think he's just going to be around for a long time making athletic catches. He's quick. He's fast. He jumps. He's he's just got basically all the tools that you want uh, out of a receiver. So I really like that pick there. But I also, like I said, really like what T's doing with the running back workload that he put his, his team together. And I'm been a Damian Pierce guy. And I think I think that you could have made the case for T, the value of Damian Pierce at 2.1 being in probably in my we could agree that probably the second he's the second starting running back in this draft. Mm-hmm. So fair. but who's the winner of the best overall pick? The winner, and maybe this is a product of Tyler's two nominations cannibalizing the votes against each other, but the winner is Jimbo Garrett Wilson. 102 best pick in 22 LV Dynasty slow draft. Congratulations, Jumbo. You got on the board with a great reward, and uh, you want to be next to the best overall pick winner, and that is Garrett Wilson. Good on you. Pulling the wool over my eyes for weeks, saying it was going to be London. Honestly, what a. Good call out because the smoke screen is definitely part of this. He was he was feeding us bad intel. But I like it. I really like that pick. I'm excited to see what happens uh with that that team this year. And uh, it's a good centerpiece young wise for that Jimbo team to crawl out of the dredges, just like I'm trying to crawl out of the dredges and just like T trying to crawl out of the dredges. We're doing it together. Good. You guys get out of the dredges, and I'll just be there by myself. I'll just be the dredge. You'll just be the dredge all year, just down there soaking in all of the goo. And, and then every now and then, I'll, we'll just kind of look down as we're itching farther away from you. But you'll just keep, you'll just like, just be laying there, basking in all of your dredge glory. Just, just some scum down here at the bottom. Just a little bit of scum. Just scum in your own scum goo. It's just going to be it's going to be quite an interesting year for you, guys. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> Let's wrap up our prestigious draft award show with the best overall draft. Who had the best ten picks, considering you know player, considering value, considering fun stuff. I think, and um, honorable mention would be Scum, because I mean I just crushed my tenth round. I think just. Just put it out there, but the, the nomineers did not see it the same. I mean, Eric Zukanama, come on. Like, I mean, that that is what a pick. What a pick. But our, our nominees for best overall draft, our real nominees, Ernie, T, and Schneek. Now, not surprisingly, these three kind of, they had the most, I think, picks in the first two rounds so kind of skews right to like why they would have the best draft because they got some of the best players but uh, i do think a lot of good picks later for them as well uh i don't know how do you want to do this Do you want to just like hit highlights for each probably huh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna highlight myself yes because this is the first time in probably three to four years that i had any draft picks that were worth anything Four in the first round and five in the top 15. I like what I did with this draft. I got, in my opinion, four starting wide receivers and a goal line touchdown, hopefully dependent running back with Brian Robinson. So I nominate, or I say that I won the overall draft award with what I was able to do. You know, sold off the team last year, grabbed a bunch of picks. And I think it went really, really well for me to get in those, like I said, four starting receivers and a hopefully a bulldozing big back that can turn into, at the very least, a touchdown goal line guy 
maybe a starter for a year or two if they end up, you know, moving off Gibson and freaking what's his face is he's kind of getting a little old, that pass catching guy. What's his name? Uh, freaking pass catching guy, uh, JD McKissick. Yeah, he's feel like he's been around for a minute. But anyway, that's what I think. You know, you got Drake London, Olave, Burks, and Pickens. Uh, beside Olave is a little bit on the smaller end, but all those other three receivers are 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", guys. Just alpha, yep. big-time X receivers that I think are going to be really, really good for years to come. And Olave has always been my dude. He's he was destined to be on my team for ever for his six years in college. <laughs> and that's why I think I should win the best overall draft. That is a super compelling. And I agree with all that you said too. Also don't sell yourself short on your later picks. Tyler Batty at three, three, a guy you really liked. And I had my eyes on Batty for a while. Maybe you know, get some work there in the Ravens could get some run. I really like your Brevin Jordan pick. Young tight end who finished the year strong last year, and Davis Mills stack Brevin Jordan like that's that's good. I mean, that's a given. I love Mason Davis Mills, and might as well stack him up with a tight end. Tyquan Thornton and third like not someone that we love, but I mean of the prospects there, like pretty good pick, pretty good value at three five. And then of course we talked about him already, but Khalil Pimpleton, come on, that's just. That's a star in the making. It is. Wrapping up a successful draft with a guy with that name, just nice little bow on it. Makes me feel just super excited for what's to come this year. Strong overall. Let's talk about the other nominees too, to be fair to them. Eric, we didn't really, we've talked about the early parts of his draft, which we didn't love. Isaiah Spiller and John Dotson, we were, I don't know. Maybe not critical of, but we just question if like those are hit, those will hit, right? But Ken Walker at 106, pretty good value there, especially for running backs, especially for his team, where he can probably afford to wait for like a potential back half run if he takes that job. Ken Walker, that is from Rashad Penny. So nice there. Uh, I really liked his David Bell pick at 212. Pretty late. I expected David Bell to go sooner. I know that. David Bell had an injury recently, and also his quarterback situation seems to be downgraded. But again, pretty good value uh, for someone who is highly touted, you know, to get almost in the third round. He handcuffed himself a couple times with the aforementioned Spiller, and then he got some Ajay P. Ryan. You know, we love the handcuffs. Uh, Benny Snell as well. And then his like sneakiest pick that we probably could have talked about that, you know, maybe hits, maybe doesn't, but. Isaiah Pacheco, have you heard about him? No, camp recently? never heard of him. He's the Chiefs running back, and he's running with like the twos and sometimes the ones often. So we know they hate Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, Ronald Jones is what we know Ronald Jones is. So could be just a camp flash in the pan, but just the fact that Eric also got this guy who's got some potential is, uh, you know, gives kudos to his draft, even though it was dinged in other areas. And then he snaked a bunch of my guys, too. So that's why I like his draft so much. I should have had Jordan Mason. I even texted you that name before he picked him. Freaking snaked you, dude. And then Big T, we talked about a lot of his first picks already, too. Love that he just hammered running back early, especially with the need and, like, what that could turn into. But also, like, him getting a young tight end, Greg Dulcich, in the fifth. So... Um, he was like the second ranked tight end rookie uh, with like consensus people in the industry also is in probably the best scenario for any of the rookie class. It's close between him, between Dulcich and McBride, but he is a uh, tight end for the Broncos. So you get Russell Wilson as your quarterback, Albert O, Albert Owebenam, Okwenebenam, whatever, however you say it. Yeah. Uh, also not the picture of health and Russ, we've seen kind of like he doesn't hyper focus on a tight end really like we've seen a bunch of them cycle through in the past like your will disley's luke something remember that guy <laughs> and uh you know jimmy graham like he's he does like the tight end position maybe it's not one guy but you could see dulcich kind of becoming interesting at some point this year and then you know just some 
saw veteran depth later on. And then, of course, Charleston Rambo, who we've already talked about. So strong draft from Tyler. We've talked about a lot. But coming back to it, I think, Sneak, you worked hard to get these picks. You put in the hours, the days, the weeks, the months studying your rookies. You were grinding tape every night. And you deserve best overall draft. Congratulations. Big Sneak 2022 award winner. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I accept the best draft overall award with pride and humility. I like you said, it has been a tumultuous year waiting for this to come around this draft. I remember when I sold the team and I said, I'm looking towards the future, had to go through that year of living in the dredges, nothing to look forward to. And then as the draft approached and as in the middle of it, it was just exciting. And I knew that I was turning my team around for the better and for the future. So thank you to all of my supporters and well-wishers and distant relations. Love you. I will take this award and I will hold it dear to my heart as I ascend to the top of this league. So watch out. Watch out. Up from the dredges to the top spot. And I know we were like kind of questioning Jimbo's thing, his little program, but did you see that it put you at six? So in the playoffs and ready to compete already? Is it? I'm. He's got me in the playoffs, huh? Well, it's six. I guess that one includes picks too, but... They don't have like that many picks left to make like in the next coming draft. So excited. Yeah, I got yeah, and then you know, I got three picks next year. So you guys better in the first. So you guys better just watch it. You better you better get right. You better keep your keep your eyes open and your your ears to the to the ground and watch me stomping through because <laughs> old sneaky guy's gonna sneak around back one of these days. Oh, don't sleep on sneak. He'll come around the back on you. Yeah, you never know when he's gonna sneak up on you. I'll just watch you while you sleep. Yeah. Just breathe on you. <laughs> uh, well, that's the draft, guys. Congratulations to all our nominees. Even more congratulations to all our winners. And this sets up for, I think, I think we'll, what we'll do is right before the fantasy season starts, we will do power rankings. But obviously, all these picks and what we see happen, you know, out of that. Uh, that's going to factor in, so that's going to be a doozy when we do it. Yep. Congratulations to all of our drafters and draftees. Uh, we are sitting here with uh, basically one month, if not, we're like one month away from the start of the season. Drafting, yeah, exactly. The Scum and Sneak Show. We've got a couple more episodes leading up to week one, and then we'll be in full week-to-week swing from what you guys are all accustomed to, but... That's it, Scum. The draft awards are out. Now it's time for people to set those lineups uh, and await game one. We got preseason. It's all just coming coming around strong and hot and heavy and fun. And I think that's uh, I think that's a wrap. That is a wrap. Uh, again, thank you, Shane. Thank you to our our political pundit from earlier. Thank you to all our sponsors who might not have been mentioned today. Thank you, Sneak Inc. Thank you, Juge Plus. Sneak, accept my trade. Anyone else that has an offer for me, accept that too. And we love you guys. Bye.
Can you hear me? Can you just can't hear me? 